is it possible that my client is just really not ready to do the work? They're not ready to change. This is a question that so many coaches will end up asking at some point in their career. We're gonna have a client who never does what they're supposed to do, they constantly resist us, we bump heads all the time, and it's very natural for us to start to question whether or not they really want it. But on this week's episode of Expand, we're gonna dig into why this is actually very rarely the case and what we need to be looking for in order to determine whether or not we could actually be doing something different or if it's time to let this client go. I can't wait for you to dig in. We'll see you inside. Hi, I'm Laura, host of Expand, the podcast for coaches who crave more fulfillment in the work that they do, more meaningful results in the clients they serve, and more confidence to rebel against the traditional boxes our coaching industry has placed us in so we can expand into the bigness of what we're truly capable of. When you're ready, let's jump right in. At some point in every coaching career, we will come across a client who never does anything we say, who resists everything we suggest, who has an excuse for every question we ask regarding why they weren't able to be consistent or adherent, who refuses to reach out for help even though we've told them a thousand times to text us if they're struggling and we will be there for them. And it can often feel like these clients are just really not ready to change. It feels like they're not ready to do the work. One, because they're behaving in such a different way than the majority of our clients. And two, because our ego is getting massively triggered from this client not listening to us, okay? So how do we know if this client is truly not ready to change? or if it's just our interpretation of their behaviors that is causing us to believe that they're not ready to change and we're missing an opportunity to actually hold this client through an incredibly powerful internal shift to get them to their end goals, okay? A lot of the time, and it is my belief, that the most difficult clients that we face, the ones who are seemingly the most resistant to our advice, are the clients who need us the most. And nine times out of 10, it is often our own ego that is actually the primary culprit in these scenarios. It's our own ego that's creating a confirmation bias or a filter in which we are approaching this client through that's causing us to to not really even truly understand what it is they're experiencing. And when we don't understand what someone is going through, when we don't understand fully through their eyes what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and what their perceived barriers to change are, our ego fills in some gaps for us. Okay, our ego likes complete stories. It loves spinning them, but it likes to also complete them. So if our ego doesn't understand why, a client would just pay us and not do what they say they're going to do, it's going to create stories about it. There are four main ways that it does this, okay? One, it's gonna make us feel really reactive and defensive. Our ego's gonna pipe up when a client's not doing what they say they're going to do because it wants to defend us. It wants to keep us safe. It doesn't care about the client. It wants us to feel good. So it's gonna make us feel defensive, flustered, frustrated. It may cause us to start talking faster. And usually this, this will lead to us talking at our client. 
we'll, we'll spew a bunch of stuff at them because we're trying to armor ourselves up. We're trying to deflect any blame that could be passed on to us around why they weren't doing what they said they were going to do. Okay, so that's one. Two, our ego will shift us into teacher mode. Our ego loves teacher mode, okay? It loves to educate as a way to deflect blame, to deflect pain, to deflect any sort of resistance or to deflect accepting um, the fact that perhaps we have a role to play in their, in their inability to be successful, okay? So that being said, our ego will cause us to educate them more and more and more about why what we ask them to do is, is crucially important to getting them to their goals. Even though we've probably educated them enough already, even though we know logically just telling them more information isn't going to actually motivate them to change their behaviors, to shift their patterns, right? If more information was powerful enough to make that change happen, they would have made that change already, right? You're not their first coach. You're not their first um, tiptoe into the world of nutrition. Like they've been down this road before. They've been educated lots before. That being said, they've probably learned some things that aren't factually true, that are disempowering, that are actually taking them further away from their goals. And all the more, our ego loves to correct those facts, right? It loves to posture us as the true expert. So watch yourself. When a client's not doing what you want them to do, do you immediately shift into education in order to try and prove either why they need to be doing that or why what you know is correct or why they should listen to you, okay? Three, our ego will very quickly start to hunt around to try and fix the reason why they couldn't do what they said. Okay, so if our client comes to us and says, you know what, I wasn't able to stick to the plan, our ego pipes up and goes, okay, well, let's figure out why. Because it doesn't want to look inwards and go, oh, well, maybe that plan wasn't designed to match the way that their brain is wired. Maybe something inside of the plan that I gave them actually triggered them. Maybe there was something... Um, that I didn't explain clearly enough, and that's that lack of clarity, that lack of meaning around what it was I asked them to do was the real reason why they didn't do anything this week, right? Our ego's not gonna do that. Our ego is going to look for all the cracks in their life, and it's gonna point the finger at those cracks. It's gonna shine a spotlight on them and go, well, that's why. You weren't able to stick to the plan because you didn't meal prep. You weren't able to stick to the plan because you didn't schedule it. You weren't able to stick to the plan because you didn't have that conversation with your husband that you said you were going to have, right? It's going to look externally so that it can point a finger at something and go, it's that, it's not me. And lastly, the ego is going to make assumptions. The ego loves making assumptions. Remember I just told you how the ego likes to close story loops? It likes to keep our stories nice and succinct and clear, and it doesn't like open ends, okay? So one way that it does this is it, it makes assumptions to fill in gaps that we don't have facts for. And so when we're working with our clients, a lot of the time we will make assumptions about what was going on in their life or what they were feeling or what they were thinking. Just thinking, 
my client doesn't want this bad enough is an assumption, right? So I really want to challenge you to start to pay attention to where you're making assumptions instead of asking questions inside of the work that you're doing with your clients. This is probably happening so much more frequently than you're even aware of. There are so many little teeny tiny assumptions we make all of the time. And the problem with that is they actually add up to create quite a bit of distance between you and your client. When we're making assumptions, we're not actually creating clarity around how that person is thinking, how that person is feeling, what perspectives that person is looking at their scenario through. We are stuck looking at their scenario, their situation through our lens. And we're never going to be able to create really positive change in someone else's life if the only lens we're looking through is our own. Okay, so the, the way we know whether or not our client is truly not ready to change or whether it's actually us that needs to change is by identifying where our ego is potentially piping up and starting to control the dialogue for us, where our ego is really driving the conversation, okay? So before you make the assumption that my client's not ready to change, we need to reflect back on our own ego. Have I made assumptions? Was I getting defensive? Was I talking at them instead of inviting them into a conversation with me about what was actually going on for them, where their barriers truly lay? Was I educating them too much? Was I trying to fix things instead of, trying, instead of exploring them curiously together? And if any of those are sending off um, red lights, if, if you were recognizing that you have been doing some of these things inside of the conversations with your most difficult clients, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because when a client doesn't do what they say they're going to do, it's massively uncomfortable for us because we we place a lot of our value in being able to fix someone, in being able to save someone, in being able to help someone, right? And when we aren't able to immediately do that, that value feels threatened and it feels like we need to somehow salvage that value so that our client doesn't leave us. There are many layers to this that we could, we could go down a whole rabbit hole, but I just want you to understand that when we operate from this place of, I need them to stay with me and my ego is gonna defend me, we don't actually open up a safe, vulnerable, transparent space for them to really be understood and seen through. Okay, so now here's how you know if your client is truly not ready to change. Okay, so we covered the ego, now let's look at the client and then we'll bring it all together. If the client is truly not ready to change, a few things could be happening. One, if you're prompting them with questions to explore what was actually going on with them, right? If you put your ego aside and you're like, okay, I wanna understand through your lens what you believe your barriers were. How did you respond when those things happened? How did that feel in your body? What were the emotional experiences you were moving through? What were the dialogues you were creating in your mind? Like, let's paint a mind movie. Let's, let's paint the picture of what your experience was so that I can fully understand how that felt, what you were, what you were thinking, and why perhaps those behaviors actually took place 
So if they're closed off to these prompting questions, after many different conversations, they may not actually be ready to change. I find usually most clients are very open when we ask prompting questions, exploring these new perspectives around their barriers because they truly do wanna move through them. If we, if we try asking questions around their barriers, around their struggles, and we were offering them new perspectives, different ways to look at what happened, right? Different, different opportunities to explore why they fell into a certain pattern or why they keep falling into um, a situation where these barriers are continually presenting themselves. If they're closed off to that, they may not be actually ready to look at it. But before we make that assumption, we need to try having that conversation in lots of different ways. We can't just try having that conversation once and decide that they're not ready to change because they're not open to my questions. Asking questions in this way is a skill set. You can't just have a set of three questions that you ask and if they don't answer them, they're not ready. That's not valid. That's not a fair assumption to make. Sometimes it's the way you're asking the question that's causing them to close off. Sometimes it's your tonality. Sometimes it's the angle you approached it through. Sometimes you triggered them before you asked the question and they were already closed off before you even asked it. So you have to really do a good job of looking at your ego, keeping it in check, and allowing yourself the space to play with this a little bit. Okay, if they're closed off after one conversation, let's reflect on that and go, okay, how did I approach that? What questions did I ask? Was there anything that I said that could have felt threatening for them and their ego? Because remember, they have an ego as well. And how could I approach it differently next time so that perhaps we're able to move through their block? Okay. The second thing that could be happening with a client is they may refuse to openly explore the cause of their struggle and they might get reactive when you try to open up a dialogue about it. Okay, so this is very similar to number one, but with number one, we're exploring new perspectives. We're offering hypothetical scenarios. Like, have you ever considered this? Is, is it possible that this was happening, right? In number two, we're gonna be asking very direct questions around the source of their struggle or the source of their sabotage. We may be speaking to them about past trauma. We may be speaking to them about triggers. And if they get really reactive or defensive when we're asking them about these questions, questions, if they refuse to explore them, if they deflect every time we bring it up, they may not be ready to look at it. It's not that they're not ready to change. They may not be ready to look at the pieces of their journey that they need to in order to create that change. They want the change without the pain, right? So this isn't a sign that you necessarily need to fire them. This is a sign that a bigger conversation needs to take place. They're expecting to change without having to actually explore the source of their sabotage, the source of their struggle, what's really going on on a subconscious level with them. Okay, so if, you're, if you keep bumping heads when you're trying to talk to them about their struggle and their sabotage and they're so reactive and defensive with you, I usually suggest to my coaches that we look at that resistance head on. We take it head on. We address it head on. And I usually do this by saying, Becky, I'm feeling you get really 
resistant to my questions. I'm feeling you get really reactive to my questions. What's coming up for you right now? Am I triggering you right now? Right? Help me understand what's going on in your mind right now. Help me understand what's going on in your body right now. Sometimes it's okay to trigger our clients because they're safe with us. When they're in conversation with us, that's a safe zone. We've got them and we want them to feel like we've got them. Okay, but if they're refusing to open up and look at the things they need to look at, we cannot just keep sweeping it under the rug, hoping that one day they will open up because they're not going to. We have to pull their resistance out and show it to them and ask them to look at it with us. The third way that we'll know if our client is not truly ready to change is that they're going to refuse to acknowledge the ways in which they are creating their own reality. And they're going to continue to blame external things and people. This is probably the most potent reason that you can cling on to that will determine whether or not a client is ready or not ready to change. If you are having these conversations with them, if you're showing them how they keep allowing external things to control their reality, they, they keep allowing other people or scenarios to affect how they're feeling about themselves. And that is what continues to pull them into a disempowered state where they're making choices from a place that doesn't serve them. If they don't want to look at that, if they don't want to acknowledge it and they continue to struggle and they immediately blame external things or people. And every time we ask them to look at that with us, They have another reason why, and another reason why, and another reason why after that, why that's not going to work for them, or why that's not true. If they're just not willing to look at it, they may not be ready to change. They may not be ready for the deeper work that you wanna lead them through. Now, I wanna be really clear. You can still create physical change in someone if you're not having these conversations. But the change you create is never going to last until you have these conversations. Let that sink in. You can still create physical change in someone without having these conversations, but that change is never going to last until you have these conversations. So if a client is resisting exploring on a deeper level what is really going on with them, if they're not in a place where they trust you enough yet, where they trust themselves enough yet, where they really have the words yet to to offer you around what's going on inside of them, be patient. Be patient. If you are willing to work with them on the external aspects of change while holding uncomfortable space for you to both revisit these conversations in an ongoing capacity, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of the time, the clients who are the most resistant to exploring more deeply what's going on are the ones that need us to be the most patient with them. So if these clients aren't being um, consistent in the plans that you're giving them, if they're not being, if they're not successful week after week after week, and we know there's something deeper going on that's the root of their sabotage, the root of their lack of willpower, the root of their um, lack of consistency, We need to continue to be talking to them about it. We need to continue to have those conversations with them. But more importantly, we need to help them see why we're asking them these questions. We need to help them understand why we need to look more deeply 
at what's really happening on a subconscious level with them. But at the same time, we can scale the plan back. We can explore new ways to explore, to move towards a physical change that feels more digestible for them. We can work with them on that while being very clear that they will continue to struggle week after week after week until we look at the deeper rooted reason why. Okay, so very rarely will you ever run into a situation where letting a client go needs to be the path you take. A lot of the time when we, when we fall into relationships with these more difficult clients, it's actually such a huge growth opportunity for you to really be able to look at why you're feeling triggered, why you feel the need to push them forward faster, why, why you feel uncomfortable having the same conversation every single week. What is the judgment you're placing on that? How are you interpreting that as being a reflection of you? How is that challenging your ego? Because usually, usually when we default to thinking, this client isn't taking it seriously, it's not worth my time, I'm gonna let them go, it's because it's easier to let that client go than for our ego to, to die a thousand deaths in order to hold that uncomfortable space for our clients, okay? The thing is, is once our ego's activated, we often tend to have these conversations with a lot of pushing energy, right? We can come off as challenging. Sometimes we can come off as argumentative even. We're just trying to push them through their sticking point, right? But in order to be the empowered coach that you really wanna be, it's more about learning how to pull our clients through, to be a guide for them, to open up bigger space for them, to explore the full spectrum of their emotions, the full spectrum of their thoughts, and to learn how to release judgment of them in order to, in order to reinvent who they are and the way that they wanna be in the world, right? It requires a lot of empathy. It requires a lot of listening, a lot of patience. It also requires you asking the right questions. Right? It asks you, it requires you to ask the right questions so that your client's own answers can actually end up guiding them towards their own moments of self-discovery. Self-discovery is what leads to the biggest breakthroughs, right? We know this. We can tell someone something a thousand times, but eventually when they get to a point where they can tell themselves that thing, that's when they're going to experience a breakthrough. You've probably experienced this with friends of yours where they keep getting stuck in a sticking point in their life and you can see so clearly what's going wrong. You can see so clearly what they need to fix and you tell them over and over and over again and then they don't change anything, right? They, they do nothing. They stay stuck in their cycle and then one day they come to you and they're like, Laura, you won't believe what I just figured out. And they'll tell you what you've been telling them all along. And it's like, well, yeah, I've been telling that to you. But they came to it on their own at some point in their own time. And that created the breakthrough. So what if we can hack that process? What if we can actually lead our clients through a process of self-discovery? Right? What if, what if that becomes the, the framework in which we operate within inside of our coaching sessions? Because the thing about it is if we keep failing to open up that space for struggle to be explored through different perspectives, 
if we aren't able to normalize struggle and let them sit in it and look at it without judgment, without pain, without assumptions, without ego being a part of the conversation, if we fail to offer them a new way to look at their patterns that they keep falling into, and we don't provide them with the right tools to create space around and eventually rewire those patterns, they're always gonna fall back into them. And it's always going to appear as though they don't really wanna change. So to help you with this, because this episode is already getting a little long and I could talk for another three hours on this, I actually created something for you. It's a freebie, it's called Power Questions. And in it, I break down the five most cringe-worthy coaching scenarios into a series of questions that you can use to lead our clients through the process of self-discovery. These are going to be scenarios that these really difficult clients present inside of constantly. Okay, so if you have clients that you are just banging your head against the wall with, I really encourage you to download Power Questions. You're going to absolutely love it. It's not like motivational interviewing at all. It's much more like a set of bumper pads for you. I want you to feel free to play with them inside of these questions. I want it to feel like a playground for you. I don't want it to feel like a prison. I want you to look at these questions and understand exactly how you're holding them through a very particular process. I want you to forget about saying the question the exact right way. The the subconscious piece of the way that you're going to be asking these questions is the most important part. And you'll understand what I'm saying when you download this freebie and you really dig into it and you you look at it and you start applying it with your clients. You will see shifts happen so much faster. You will help them to open up with you so much faster simply because the way you're asking these questions is going to change. The types of questions, the depths of questions that you're going to be asking is going to change. I can't wait for you to feel that. I can't wait for you to feel that shift. It's going to, it's going to revolutionize how you handle these really difficult situations and it's gonna get you out of the hamster wheel. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can download a copy. And of course, if you have any questions, you can find me all over social media. Instagram is definitely the best, at Laura Pobrin. Ask me anything you'd like. I'll voice note you back. We'll get you clear. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful for you. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want more, I'd love if you'd subscribe to my show wherever you get your podcasts. Good karma points for also leaving a review while you're at it. And lastly, if you're looking to dive even deeper, you'll find a ton of free workshops, mini trainings, and the details on my mentorship program, Trigger Mapping, over at laurapobrin.com. See you next time.